Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. It's The List and your boy with Jimmy Van and Sean Ross all right, you guys are live. Twas five days before Christmas, and all through the net. Jimmy Van and SRS were the best you could get. They talked the XFL, a terrible decision. And maybe we'll talk about penis incisions. Daniel Cormier spoke out. He didn't like the young bucks. All this was on Fightful, and it sure didn't suck. No need to concern... It's not a political show, unlike Billy Gunn, who somehow both sucks and he blows. A women's Royal Rumble. That's kind of cool. Until Mother Goose Stephanie starts acting a fool. 205 Live is out on the road. Visit Fightful so SRS can get a speedboat. Hopefully on Christmas, <laughs> you get many toys. But now it's time for the list in your boy. Good job. Okay, who wrote that? Was that you? I wrote that when you I wrote was trying. That? To th- I, when I was trying to think of a description for today's show. Did you uh, Did you memorize it? I uh, Jimmy, I do this for a living. I write words. No, but for a living. I know you write words for a living. But your eyes were moving around so often that it didn't look like you were reading. I wasn't reading. You had to have been. There's no way you memorized that. I'll just. Jimmy, you got something special with me. You have a top guy <laughs> right here. <laughs> no, there's a reason why he's saying that, unless he told you the story. There's oh, a no, reason why he's saying that. Yeah, and we're, we're going to get to the... Uh... Ooh, it's because I send your office treats. Yeah, that, that was very kind I... of you. Sean and I had a little heated discussion late last week. Was it late last week, I think? Yeah, late last where week. Where we had a little disagreement on something. Oh. But uh, but the uh, the uh, the package. Jimmy wanted to pay me like two hundred thousand dollars, and I was like, Jimmy, no, no. <laughs> That's exactly what you said. Yeah. You ever seen? Like, uh, Just give me the speedboat, and we're good. Have you ever seen Forgetting Sarah Marshall? I have. I love the movie. So I love yeah. that movie. When you just at that moment were yelling out no like that, 
It reminded me of the virginal guy with the red-headed wife, and she wanted to have sex, and he didn't. Yeah. That's what, that's what I thought. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. As soon as he said no like next that. Next to a sewage system. Yeah. <laughs> I love that movie. I've seen it so it many great. times. Here, here's a fun story. You remember the guy who slaughtered the pig? Yes. The Hawaiian guy? He fought in the first UFC fight ever. What? That that's guy? Eight, that's Taylor Tooley. He got beat up by uh, Gerard Gordeau in the first UFC fight ever. Yeah, the kick to the face. Yep. It was that guy? That hit, that's him. No that shit. Creepy? No shit. Pretty wild, right? The one that Jason uh, Seeger said, you look like a giant baby? That guy? Yes. And who, who no like, he had him help kill a pig yeah, as part that's of right. therapy, yeah. essentially. I can't believe that's the same guy. Interesting. So, first and foremost... Uh, Thank you for the gift package. That was very kind to you. And I wanted, to, wanted to hook up my Toronto friends with some stuff that doesn't suck from Kentucky. That was awesome. And the next time we talk on this show, it's going to be after Christmas. So, well, obviously we talk off air, but uh, uh, happy holidays to you and yours, Sean. Thank you. And everybody Thank watching you. the show, happy holidays. I know that the, the political climate we're in now, you're not supposed to say Merry Christmas anymore. And uh, that's why I made a point of saying, well, no, that's why I made a point of saying that tomorrow, uh, my company party, it's our annual Christmas party. Because that's what it is, Nigel. Hey, but, uh, I'm not going to be offended. Just sad that, you know, I'm, I'm not there. Uh, so I'm going to have this Nigel. This is how I look right now. I'm going to, that picture is really making the rounds, huh? No. <laughs> I'm going to have Nigel and probably Lindsay from my team uh, documented for you. And, Great, uh, and I'm I'm getting the cash to, tomorrow for the food challenges, so we'll get some nice oh uh, boy, some nice footage for you. Well, let's talk about the old ones. Like Melissa, really disappointed in my opinion. She, for for as much shit as she talks throughout the week, <laughs> <laughs> I was she, excited to see her fill her face and not be able to talk shit to me for a little while. She she failed. I mean, she it failed. was it was gnocchi poutine. That's what it was. Yeah. That's a pretty well, Nicola, Nicola like just went above and beyond. Now she did have a handicap though, and there was a little bit of controversy, as can be seen in my Toronto blog, my Toronto video you blog. You know what? Nicola is like five six. I'm not going to say her weight because you know you always fucked it up with girls, but she's a smaller girl. <laughs> Alex is probably six foot tall, probably 190 pounds, maybe even 200 pounds. I think it was a fair trade off. Yeah, you so. too. They started case, to dip. They started to dip the roast beef sandwiches in like in water, yeah. soda, yeah. soda. Even oh, I really? saw oh, really? that was a savage move. I've told Alex if you want to dispute the decision, you know where my office is. Swing by. <laughs> and it's been six months and I haven't heard anything, Sean. Damn. So, I want to. I have a lot to cover today, and I'm gonna. I'm gonna tell a story today that comes with a lesson. Comes with a. Comes with a business lesson. That, uh, that oh Sean, boy, Sean's gonna like. Let's uh, let's start. I want to first talk about uh, Tom Zink. Because growing up in southeastern Ontario, there was a promotion of Montreal called International Wrestling back in the uh, mid-80s. And before Tom Zank went to the WWF uh, with Rick Martel, he was in International Wrestling. And I actually went to a couple of live events in my hometown that they were at. And Tom Zank performed on when I was uh, a kid. I, was, I don't even think I was 10 yet at the time. And uh, so it was sad to hear that he passed away. He passed away December 9th at the age of 59 at the North Memorial Medical Center in Robbinsdale, Minnesota. As of now, today is December 20th. What are you doing, Sean? I have to get my tea, Jimmy. Where the hell was it? It was in my mini fridge that I keep in my office. Oh, all right, all right. 
I, I didn't know what was going on. I thought you were going to fall you into know, your chair. Yeah, I don't leave this office. I got a fucking colostomy bag and all kinds oh, of stuff. You? I work really hard for you, Jimmy. I was telling Sean off the air, I missed the head, the uh, ponytail that you had that made you look like Billy Batty on the Raw podcast. <laughs> you need a dick. <laughs> <laughs> my wife isn't here to put up my hair. I'm still learning. I'm so, still learning. Not that I should have segued into a funny moment, but uh, so Tom Zink passed. Uh, as, of, as of right now, they don't know the cause of death. Uh, and something interesting about him that a lot of people may or may not know, he was in the same class in high school in Robbinsdale as Kurt Henning, Rick Rude, and Brady Boone. Uh, he was a sole survivor from that group of guys, and now, sadly, he's passed. And Robbinsdale High had, uh, I think John Nord was in that class, Nikita Koloff, not the same class, but the same school, Nikita Koloff, Barry Darsow. It was uh, an interesting uh, an interesting one. And, of course... Just those Minnesota boys in general, right? That yeah. was one of the great... It was like of all time. You the got Road the Warriors, Warriors too, coming yeah. out of there. That's right. Yeah, as you mentioned, Darso, who was one half of Demolition, mm -hmm. like that's Rick Rude. Yeah, and they were all enormous. That. They were all huge. Yeah. These guys. Tom well, Zick. well, you know, there were some things that people took back then. I don't mean just mu in terms of muscle, like stature too. I know, but you let's know? you know a lot of these guys, unfortunately, as we as we see, dying before yeah. 40, 50, 60. Yeah, and I, t I mentioned to you, like, I, I don't often get to catch, like, Observer Radio, but I listened because I knew that Tom Zink and Dave Meltzer were buddies mm. back in the day. And I wanted to hear what he had to say, and you know, I wasn't shocked to learn that anybody from that era used steroids. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's what's really sad about this, Jimmy, is nobody knew in the wrestling business for a week right. that he died. Right. Like, nothing. That's and right. then Bill After just kind of dropped the news. And it's 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 sad. I, I used to have his action figure, the Z Man yep. action figure. Yep. I said in my my news update that I, I kind of drew comparisons to the ring announcer in WCW to what Greg Hamilton does for Ty Dillinger and what uh, Tony Chimmel did for Edge. Like when he would scream out the Z Man, it was a little bit different. It was mm -hmm. kind of cool. It it added a little something to the Tom Zink character, but yeah, he was a guy. I mean, he had all the tools. He had the look. He was a good talker. He was decent in the ring. Um, but the problem was he was pretty notoriously outspoken. He could be difficult to work with. Uh, I know he left the WWF because he found out Rick Martel was making more than he was as part of the K&M connection, and he, he had a blow up with of a man. major push too. Yeah, yeah. So and that was kind of how he was. And and uh, Dave Meltzer told a story about how when he started being used as a bit of an enhancement talent in WCW, he stopped working out because he thought, well, if I'm going to be enhancement, I need to have the body of enhancement. That was his, and that was kind of so he he was difficult to work with. So he was out of the business by the early to mid nineties. He was out, and oh, he did yeah, thirty six, thirty seven years old. He was done. Oh yeah, he was done. Not because he was set financially, because he had kind of burned his bridges, and uh, he did a lot of you know uh, shoot interviews, and he ripped Rick Martel pretty hard and all that, and and not that I'm defending or any, anybody, but Rick Martel, not a lot of guys are going to shit on Rick Martel. You know what I'm saying? It's correct. Very yeah. rare, very respected guy, and Tom Zank shit on him pretty hard. It's unfortunate what happened to him, and again, they haven't uh, they haven't said the cause of death yet, at least as of today, December twentieth. So it's a sad situation. I also yeah, want may, to may he rest in peace. That's sad uh, for sure. The little bit of irony is that he and Rick Martell, even though Rick Martell got in the business about twelve years before Tom Zank, they both retired like within months of one another. Right, Martello, for what I hear, he's, he does very well in real estate in Montreal. So. Not surprised. Not yeah. surprised at all. Yeah. Uh, I also want to give a shout-out to Justin Credible and Scott Hall. 
because those two guys continue to battle their demons. There was a story about an indie show last weekend in Enfield, Connecticut, promoted by Blitzkrieg Pro Wrestling. I saw the video footage. Just incredible showed up. He was uh, under the influence. He got in the ring. He wanted a microphone. They wouldn't give it to him. They finally were able to get him out of the ring. None of this was planned. He just showed up and went in the ring. And uh, Diamond Dallas Page, to his credit, has reached out to, to Justin Credible and offered to help him. Scott Hall, um, he's continued to have setbacks. There was a, a story that came out about a, a signing where him and King Kong Bundy were jawing back and forth because Scott Hall was a little under the influence. And I'm going to tell you a little story that I haven't talked about before, and Sean knew about this. Uh, a few weeks ago, Scott Hall was in New York doing a memorabilia signing. And he got pretty messed up at that signing um, and was out the whole night. And they didn't even know if he was going to show up at the signing the next day. I told Sean about it, but I chose not to mention it on the air. I have a friend in New York that saw all this. And uh, I actually hit up uh, Diamond Dallas Page myself and said, I just want to let you know what happened. And you might want to reach out to, to Scott. And Page actually got back to me and said, I appreciate it. And he was doing so well. And I'm going to hit him up and... I don't know when the Bundy thing happened. Did it happen after the New York thing? I'm not sure the timing of it, but um, I hope yeah, you gets... I, know, I know some time had passed between the time that uh, that was reported and what you had mentioned to me. And yeah, we, we ultimately decided not to run that because it hadn't yet affected anything that he was working on. And it seemed like in bad, it was the same thing like with the Ric Flair thing. It's one of those things that we have to really gauge like, mm-hmm. should we report this? And I, we get that type of stuff all the time. It's, just incredible, especially. It's it's a sad thing. He said he had been going to therapy sponsored by WWE, despite yeah. reports that he hadn't. Mm-hmm. He is a guy. I've another one of these guys who picked up media in wrestling like a little bit before everybody else. Like before, a lot of wrestlers had podcasts. Just incredible was doing these pro wrestling one on one videos on YouTube that were just valuable resources for me, for independent wrestlers. For a lot of people, they were very, very good. I really encourage people to go check them out. And I had always thought about reaching out to him about perhaps doing those on our channel. Then I saw the shape he was in, Mm -hmm, and then I saw, like, the condition. I I, I started to hear things when I would – you know, I I try to ask feelers, people who know them, that I'm – that I know, like what kind of shape they're in. And I would hear he's not in good shape. You don't want him doing that. Right. He wouldn't be reliable right now. And that's unfortunate because I mean, we've seen guys like Xbox who have overcome addiction and yeah, look at him now. I mean, he's got, I, when they, when his people send me their transcripts of his podcast, I'm always interested. He's, he's very good at what he does. There are so many people like Jake, the snake Roberts had a successful movie. You can't overcome this stuff. Um, and hopefully they do, especially Scott Hall, who got himself in awesome shape. Yeah, yeah. we'll see what happens. I uh, I want to tell a story about Evander Holyfield, but I'm going to hold off because of our time, because I want to make sure we have enough time. If I can't get to it this week, I will next week, and I can tell the story about this little sweetheart right here, this little trophy. That butt plug you have? Yeah, yeah everybody calls it that. <laughs> everybody calls it that, yeah. But first, I want to get to the Vince McMahon story, because I have some, I have some business insight, Sean, about this thing. That might explain, at least in part, why he might want to do this. So, uh, Brad Shepard. Uh, first off, Nigel, do you know what the XFL is? Uh, first off, Top Rope Travis reported this in September. Oh, did he? Yeah, so let's give him the credit. Top okay. Rope Travis. Well, there you go. So, I first heard about it then uh, through Brad Shepard. He's an online journalist. He posted on Twitter on December 15th 
that this man is looking to bring back. Th these are Brad Shepard's words at the time. He's looking to bring back the XFL and may announce it on January 25th. And then David Bixenspan, who, who does stuff for us, he actually hit up uh, WWE to confirm or deny that story. And WWE released a statement, and this is it, quote, Vince McMahon has established and is personally funding a separate entity from WWE, Alpha Entertainment, to explore investment opportunities across the sports and entertainment landscapes, including professional football. Mr. McMahon has nothing further to announce at this time. Uh, and then Chris Harrington, who also does stuff for us, he found that Alpha Entertainment had registered two trademarks recently. One is URFL, all capitals, and the other is URFL with a small r with a little R. Um, and then uh, other sites have been doing trademark research and they found that another of Vince's companies called VKM Ventures, which I think David said it's the same uh, entity as Alpha and he renamed the entity. I think that's what he said in one of his stories. But yeah. VKM Ventures had registered football trademarks in September, like United Football League, UFL, and the quote, for the love of football. Uh, and Mark Cuban had owned uh, the UFL trademark and he apparently abandoned it. And so uh, Vincent Man trademarked it. Now, um, I got a bunch of info that I want to share that can explain why he might be wanting to do this. The first thing that we need to say, though, is we can't assume based on what we've been told officially, because right now we've heard limited information, right, Sean? So yes. we can't assume based on what we've heard that he's looking to bring back the XFL business model meaning X number of teams and X number of cities and open-air stadiums and being a viable competitor to the NFL. We can't assume that because it's too premature to assume that, and, and everything is speculation at this point. So that's the first thing that we need to say. Um, I think that it's very strategic that he's doing this separately from WWE using his own money because uh, if he does it under WWE, you, you're going to potentially kill the stock. Yes. And I still think there's an outside chance that – they might still hurt the stock because shareholders might still look at this and say, well, the chairman of the company has shifted his focus. On, yeah, right? They could shoot up to 40. Well, <laughs> maybe, 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 maybe if they announced, okay, Paul Levesque is going to be handling the day-to-day -day business operation. Yeah. I mean, you never know, but uh, there's a chance it could still hurt the stock, but it'd be worse if he did it under WWE. And a third thing we need to say is because he's not doing it under WWE, it's clearly not going to be called the XFL because the XFL trademarks are owned by WWE. And yes. I, think, I think that even if he had the access to that, he wouldn't want to utilize it because of the, uh, the negative stigma attached to XFL, right? Sure. So since this came out that Vince Man is looking to get somehow into pro football again, a lot of wrestling critics and reporters and fans are shitting all over this, saying he's a complete idiot and he's going to, you know, it's going to be a money pit. Uh, and that's a very, you know, justifiable thing to say. But, but, Sean, there are some things to look at in terms of why Vince Med would want to do this. There are some things that make well, sense. Yeah, there's the political landscape and, well, it's... <laughs> Disclaimer, we're not a political podcast. He's buddies <laughs> with Donald Trump. His wife is in Trump's cabinet. Donald Trump has railed against the NFL. There is a groundswell of conservatives that haven't necessarily significantly like boycotted the NFL. But you've got people like Papa John saying, well, we're pulling our ads because the kneeling during the national anthem is affecting our ad buys. But you got Pizza Hut saying, hell no, it's not. But either way. Like there, there are rumors that like maybe he wants to start some side of some sort of conservative football league, and initially I'm like ah oh, that's stupid, and then I think ah oh, god damn it Tim Tebow and Colin Kaepernick and 
Johnny Manziel and Robert Griffin III are out there right now, and if you're if you're going on like an entertainment method, you've got four guys there who who knows if they would even accept deals. But mm-hmm. well, you know Vince McMahon, Colin Kaepernick is a heel. <laughs> so I look at this from from two points of view. As far as why would he be looking to do this? One is uh, his personal situation, personal opinion, and the other is the business aspect of it. From a personal opinion aspect, and, and this is just my opinion, but I think that Vincent Mann, number one, he, we know he's got a huge ego. We know he's hugely competitive. We know that he hates to lose. And I think he looks at the XFL as a black mark on his legacy. I think that he doesn't want to be remembered for that. It's probably his biggest corporate failure ever, his biggest financial failure ever as a business venture. And uh, I think he'd like to maybe have a do-over of, uh, at, at something outside of pro wrestling, especially in terms of football. Uh, and then on top of that, and we've talked about this before, I don't think this man wants to be remembered as a wrestling promoter. Because I think that he still thinks that pro wrestling is viewed as being this dingy, you know, lowbrow form of entertainment that takes place in Legion halls and stuff. I think that he still has that mentality from the 80s about pro wrestling and how the mainstream looks at it. And so I think he wants to be known as an entertainment tycoon as opposed to a pro wrestling promoter. And that's why that's another reason why I think he's personally into this. But uh, there are business reasons why I think he's into this. The first reason is, and I, I know this from personal experience, so you know that most of Vincent Mann's income is derived by dividends, right? He pulls yeah. in a very minimal salary of like a million a year. Dividends is where he makes his money. And if I was yeah, going to... get taxed less for that, yeah? Well, well, this is how it works. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to assume that he, get, he gets paid dividends into a holding company and not personally, right? He probably has a holding company set up and that's where the dividends go. You can move dividend money tax-free between companies, Right, that's that's legal, and so what that means is, if he let's say is getting paid dividends into Vince McMahon one two three four five LLC, yeah, he can shift that dividend money into Alpha Entertainment, not pay a lick of tax on it. Meaning that what's the tax corporate tax rate right now in the U.S. like thirty five percent? They're they're dropping to like what twenty one next year, I think. Yeah. So that means that that's thirty five percent of that dividend money that he's saving by just shifting it into another corp and then and using it. To invest in stuff like this. Oh yeah, I got to register right? myself as an LLC soon. Because I mean, as a, as an independent contractor, especially, I got to do that. Well, that's and and like personally, I mean, this is what we do in my company. I have a holding company. I'm I'm paid mostly in dividends, and yeah. until until you pull the money out personally for personal use, you don't pay tax on it. Dividends and beef jerky. Dividends and beef jerky, yeah. So I, I think the whole dividend thing is one reason because he can he can use that money tax free. That's number one. Number two, yeah. as I mentioned, the corporate tax rate in the U.S. is going to be dropping. They're expecting from about thirty five percent to about twenty one percent. That's a massive drop, right? And what that means is this venture that he's going to do, Alpha Entertainment, if he turns a profit, because that's a big if, but if he turns a profit. He's only paying 21% tax on it as opposed to 35%, and he's using tax-free dividend money to fund it. So, like, there's a massive tax savings for him to be doing all that, right? God. All makes sense? Yeah. I mean, now it does. It didn't before. See? Well, this is why I'm here, Sean. <laughs> Damn it. I mean, but, yeah. But it all makes sense. And, and then on top of all of that, you talked about it, the decline in popularity of the NFL. Ratings. Not significant. Not significant, I should say that. Well, but 9% in, in television ratings. Live attendance yeah. is down in some markets. Television ratings today, 
to me don't mean as much because I mean, good God, you can find streams of anything. Somebody somewhere is probably illegally streaming our free podcast right now. Yeah, like but you're right, but obviously that doesn't benefit the networks that are paying, you know, of course, of hundreds course, of millions yeah. of dollars for the rights, right? But here's the thing, so the popularity of the NFL is down, and you mentioned the political landscape and kneeling during the national anthem and all that. There is nothing to prove definitively that that's why popularity is down. It's because, it's because of the national anthem thing. And I think if that's Vincent Mann's thinking, oh, I'm, I'm going to shift away from that, it's going to fail if that's his thinking because there's just yeah. nothing to prove that's the case. There's a lot of other things that you can look at to speculate why it's down. Uh, you could look at things like uh, the league skewing older. Younger people are more into live streaming. They're more into video games. They're more into social media. That could be why. And that's not going to benefit Vince McMahon if he's, if he's trying to get into a football league, right? Then Sports Illustrated did a story in, in November of last year talking about how they think popularity of football is, is on a decline because fans miss, quote-unquote, old-school football with big hits and less paranoia about safety. There's no chance Vincent Mann is going to create some kind of an old-school league where he's encouraging guys to do helmet-on-helmet hits, Mm-hmm. No chance he's going to do that when pro wrestling is his bread and butter, and, and you're already worried about CTE concerns. We we got a story with Daniel Bryan up on Fightful right now, right. where he's talking about like he talked to Peter Rosenberg, and Peter Rosenberg mentioned, yeah, it is a little unusual when you see guys who have been allowed to perform before, and Daniel Bryan goes, no, 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 it's a little weird when you see guys who are allowed to perform now, mm-hmm. and I'm not. They brought back Tommy Dreamer. Tommy Dreamer. Bully Ray was there. Devon was there. Devon has canyons in his forehead. Yeah. For the love of God. Like you ever seen Abdul the Butcher, Butcher put like quarters in his? You ever seen that? Yeah. yeah. Dusty, dusty as well. Yeah, yeah. Now, another reason why Vince might want to do this, aside from the tax benefits and all that, is rights fees. Because sure. rights fees for live sports continue to skyrocket, even though ratings have been slipping, not just in, in the NFL, but in general. Same with the UFC, because live sports are considered DVR proof, right? And so there might be somebody out there that's, that's willing to throw money at this because it's a live sport and in theory it'll be DVR proof. But I'm going to tell you my opinion. And January 25 is when supposedly there's going to be some kind of an announcement made. Um, my opinion is that he is not looking to create a football league. I think that he is looking to invest in either a new venture that someone else is putting together or he's looking to invest in something that already exists. Um, Like arena football or something? Either arena football, maybe NFL ownership. I know the Carolina Panthers are going to be up for sale. So maybe he's thinking about uh, uh, NFL ownership. Maybe he's looking at arena football. But I think it's going to be something like that. I don't think that he has any plans of doing a major endeavor again like what he did before. I think that he took enough of of an ass-kicking. Uh, and I don't think he plans to do that. I think that he's just going to look to invest. And, and that statement from WWE was very carefully worded in talking about investments and stuff. It didn't talk, yeah. about, it didn't talk about you know anything more than that. So I think that everybody online going crazy about, oh, my God, he's going to bring back the XFL. I just think that's inaccurate. I, I had that's a lot of people asking me, why doesn't he just buy the Carolina Panthers outright? And I said, he can't afford it. He no, but, have, but they're valued it. Their value last year was two point three billion. They won't sell for that, but yeah. that was their value last year. No, Vince but all McMahon he has to do have is anywhere near that much money. No, but all he has to do is get an ownership group together. Do you do you think that Magic Johnson could afford the Dodgers? No, absolutely not. No. Uh, Diddy wants to buy them, and I know that Diddy and Vincent Mann are actually on good terms. Yeah, and and that's all it would take, right? I mean, that Colin Kaepernick guy 
saying, oh, I want in. With all due respect to Colin Kaepernick, there are people at Tim Hortons that have as much money as he does. With all due respect. Like, like working there? Could be, or franchise owners, potentially. I was say, he got like a $120 million contract. Did he, get to, did he get to keep it all? He didn't get to keep a lot of it, no. I didn't think so. So, But I, I, it would be an he's ownership He's doing okay, group. but he's not in the Diddy, Vince McMahon realm, obviously. Right, right. right. Now, it'd be a situation where there'd be like, you know, seven, eight owners or something, right? Yeah. But that's what I think it's going to be. I think that all of the online hoopla about Vince McMahon is going to relaunch the XFL. I think it's just hoopla. And I think he's just going to invest money into other ventures. Uh, and that's all I think it is. That's just my personal opinion. And again, when you look at it from the aspect of he can just use dividend money, not pay tax on it, corporate tax rates are going down, rights fees are still skyrocketing. All that makes it make sense. You know? So... That's kind of how I look at it, and you and know when, what, I, when I got when I got word of that, like I remembered Top Rope Travis's tweet, and if you all don't follow him, he is a great follow on Twitter, uh, great veteran of America. Not that you would know anything about that in Canada, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, was that a shot, Nigel? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, it was a, I think it no, might have been a shot. No, you all don't have a military up there. You can't deal with shots. What? <laughs> okay, the difference I, is. South Park, the movie. I know what your all's military looks like. Right, here we the go. The truth comes out. Yeah, yeah, Come yeah, on. Yeah. Just because but the they, world, just because the whole world doesn't hate us, Sean. I, I wish. I wish. <laughs> it wasn't like that here. But um, I was just like, man, this is going to be a mess. This is going to be a mess. Honestly, if it does take his focus off WWE, I would be a little relieved. If this was like his retirement project, that would be kind of cool. In my opinion, I don't think that's going to happen. And, Speaking and, of retirement projects, Mason Ryan has transitioned <laughs> from the world of pro wrestling to Cirque du Soleil. Uh, I spoke to him recently, and he's relocated to Las Vegas. I spoke to him last year. Uh, we had a great talk about his transition into in from performing to performing, but definitely categorically different. Take a listen. We talked to you a, a year, I think, a, almost a year ago right around this time of the year about your, your work with Ka. How has that changed since last year? How's your body holding up? How's your mind holding up with, with a schedule like this? Uh, yeah, it's hard to believe that it's been a year. It's gone by so fast. Uh, I remember speaking to you about a year ago now. It's, um, obviously then everything was, was, was a lot newer. It's, it'll be two years this month since I've been at Ka. So I was probably been in about a year at the time and still kind of, even though a year sounds like a long time, here it goes by very quick. So still kind of finding my feet and kind of trying to really um, nail down the role. So, you know, in, in the past year, I've really been able to um, explore more with the character and kind of um, improve the character a lot, in my opinion, kind of create more levels to the character, which I've really enjoyed doing, actually. Um, along with, actually, we've really worked hard on improving the, the fight scenes, which were already really good. But we've we've created some really really cool um, choreographed fight scenes that I'm really proud of now. And um, as you said, in terms of my body, I feel I feel great. We have some fantastic physical therapists here, and they do everything at Cirque du Soleil and at CAR to kind of ensure that you know we're in the the prime physical state. You know that we're we're fit and healthy and ready to go at all times. So they they really do take great care of us. And mentally, man, I'm I'm really good. I'm I'm very happy. I got a fantastic job here with great people that I work with every day, and I'm really proud of um, the show that we put on. So 
uh, you know, <laughs> the only problem I have is time's going by too fast. That's the only problem I have because I'm enjoying myself so much. Literally a year has gone by since the last time we said, and it's just, uh, someone asked me, I would have said a couple of months back, you know, so that's the only thing that <laughs> I don't like so much is that old age is creeping up on me, I guess, being 35 years of old, 35 years of age now, but everything else is really good, man. I'm, I'm loving living here in Vegas. I'm loving what I do, and I'm loving working with the people that I work with, so uh, life is good, man. Did your pro wrestling past like really set you up for success in this role? Because you mentioned developing a character. You mentioned fight scenes and things like that. Did, did that help you, or did maybe that change of pace, was, was that a heavy adjustment? No, not at all. Yeah, 100% um, wrestling primed me for this job without an absolute doubt. Um, you know, so many things that I learned and did in the wrestling world um, has been able, has, have carried over to what I do now. There's, there's a lot of similarities in what I do now to what I did in wrestling. And um, <clears throat> I've, I've been able to bring a lot of that over, you know. Um, obviously, in wrestling, you know, the physicality is is a big part of it and um you know having good matches and kind of being athletic and putting that kind of side of stuff on but it's also really important to portray a character you know because if you're just a blank canvas and you have good matches well nobody really cares but if you're able to portray a character and create a character and <clears throat> excuse me create a character and portray that through your physical presence and your movements um without saying so much you know because there's no real speaking roles here um, in the show. So to be able to portray that through um, movement and the way, way way you interact with other people physically and stuff like that, you know, all of that comes from wrestling for me, everything that I do in the show for the most part. Um, so, yeah, it's been it's been massive for me. I, I was really lucky to, to fall into wrestling and kind of um, have so many great years and have such a great experience with wrestling that it's brought me to something that I love so much right now. All right, we're back. He told me that WWE hooked him up with that gig, and he actually beat out, I think it was like Lance Hoyt for that as well and some others, which is kind of interesting. We've heard this a little bit lately. Like like you mentioned Alex Riley beat out The Miz and Chris Jericho for the Steel Horse role. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kind of good that WWE was able to get one of their guys that they – they didn't necessarily see anything in, but they saw an opportunity for him there. So uh, credit to WWE for that. For sure. It's too bad that he was talking about old age when he's 35. Yeah. I don't, well, know, what, don't know what that says about me, Sean. Well, I'm getting there. Yeah, yeah. But uh, no good on him. It sounds like a good gig. Sounds like he's liking it, too. Yeah, he is. Uh, every time I talk to him about it, he seems really optimistic and happy. Right. And that that road schedule, just like of WWE, oh, yeah. like he's not taking bumps anymore. He's yep. still kind of like portraying like a wrestling type character in the Ka show, but yeah. he seems very happy with the move. And I'm all for people who, are, if they can keep from taking bumps or getting hit in the head, moving on to something else. Oh yeah, for sure. Probably making decent money too. I bet, yeah. Oh yeah, I would imagine so. Yeah, good for him. So you know, Sean, when I when I uh, came up with the idea to launch Fightful, you know, I wanted to do a crossover site because there's a natural crossover between pro wrestling and MMA specifically, and then yeah. bo- boxing to a to a lesser degree. I got to be honest with you, I did not know when I came up with this idea that there would ever be a time when the young bucks would piss off Daniel Cormier. 
God. Can't, can't and, see I saw that coming. Here's the thing about this, Jimmy. When you were setting that up, I didn't know what story you were going to talk about. Oh, there's yeah? there's like seven right now. Yeah, yeah. There's like seven. There is Colby Covington, who is jumping between Impact Wrestling uh-huh. and UFC. There's Chase Sherman involved with Colby Covington and the Young Bucks, where he called it out. There's the Mayweather hopping over to UFC thing. There was the Conor McGregor news that I reported today about WWE not having any plans for him in the near future. Like, there are so... You picked a good time, Jimmy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a lot of crossover news. Well, this one was an, was an interesting one. I actually was surprised that Cormier got so... I don't know if flustered is the right word, but I, I was surprised that it agitated him to the level that it did. So last Friday, Ring of Honor had their final batter, battle show from the Hammerstein Ballroom in New York. And did there a post-show was, podcast, by the way. Go check it out. There you go. There was a, there was a, a six-man match for the six-man tag team championship. Uh, featured the Young Bucks and Ham- Hangman Page against Flip Gordon, Dragon Lee, and Titan. There was a spot early in the match, and you know me, Sean, so you know what I thought of this spot. Uh, but I'm not going to blast it on social media. But there was a spot early in the match where two of the guys were in the ring. They were doing you know some Irish whips and flips and stuff like that. Then they both uh, tried a drop kick and missed. Then a guy came in from each each team. They both tried to drop kick and missed. Then the other two guys came in from each team. They both tried to drop kick and missed. Then all six guys threw drop kicks at the same time, all missed, and then all stood up and kind of looked at each other, looking for that crowd applause. So um, uh, Jim Cornette is the first guy. So what happened was somebody posted the video of that spot and said, "I can't believe Dave Meltzer compared the Young Bucks to the Midnight Express." That's kind of where it started. And Jim Cornette, being Jim Cornette, tweeted Dave Meltzer. And Dave Meltzer, you know, is pretty notorious for being a Young Bucks fan because they created a move after him called the Meltzer Driver. And so he does kind of go out of his way to put them over whenever he can. Um, But um, Jim Cornette hit up Dave Meltzer on Twitter. And he said uh, to to Dave Meltzer, I love you, but please tell me that you did not really say this. WTF, two grade school kids doing pretend wrestling and thinking they're hot shit seriously. Um, a bunch he was of people, the only person I didn't get a response out of in this situation that I tried to. That's a big surprise. I said, I said what do you, why, grade school, what? Right. These right. are 190-pound men now. They've put on some – they've added some muscle like – I mean, what, what he, I know, but what he, that's what he always tries to do. But and see, like, the other thing about it, too, is, I mean, first off, Bobby Eaton was not Hulk Hogan. No, he wasn't. Right? That's number one. And, num- and number two, with all due respect to this whole pretend wrestling thing, wrestling was predetermined 30 years ago, just like it is today. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. The reason so, why it became predetermined is because the matches were so goddamn boring back in the day. Right. That they had to start working them because people weren't showing up to them. Right. Uh, my catch wrestling coach, Jay Groom, so you all can follow it, Crossface Killer on Twitter, posted a video because people started to say, Irish whip's not realistic. Well, there are shoot reasons for the Irish whip. Mm-hmm. All this stuff is generally rooted in some sort of realism. Right. That's one of the, the bases of catch wrestling. It's pro wrestling that really works. That being said, in my years of catch wrestling training, I've never tried to drop kick five people the same time. <laughs> Am I? Did I like the spot? No, I didn't. Yeah. But is is it really racking my brain that much? No. no. I've I've said this a million times, Jimmy. I think that perpetrating like like having a Shinsuke Nakamura in the ring, who is supposed to be this top of the card main event wrestler, sit in a rear chin lock for two minutes is far more insulting to me than that. Did you know he that his know- nickname is the King of Strong Style, Sean? I've learned that 
this week and every week prior, yeah. actually. Yeah. There are little things like that, and Daniel Cormier said, this is BS, I only want realism. Then Phil Baroni chimed in and said, back in the day, moves meant something, and then used the goddamn shake, rattle, and roll as an example. I was like, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. The move where Honky Tonk Man shakes his wiener and ass at the crowd, <laughs> locks a guy to sleep, and hits a swinging neck breaker. That's the hill you're going to die and on. And he was one of the worst workers of the era, the Honky Tonk Man. Yeah. You know? Weird. Weird. Well, I want to I wanna go back to Cornette first because Matt Jackson, yeah, Matt Jackson so from much. the Bucks, he responded to Jim Cornette and he said, Jim, when you ran Ring of Honor, the building in that very clip was half full. I know because I was there. Uh, and I think that was a pretty good, uh, pretty good response. Um, now again, Cornette's reaction you would come to expect, and and a lot of what Cornette does, he does for self promotion purposes. I didn't expect Daniel Cormier's reaction, and he tweeted, uh, this is uh, his, his quote on Twitter. He said, "This is actually pathetic. This is what people want to see. Go to a god dang gymnastics competition." Suplex, body slam, pile driver, do some old school wrestling, man. DDT, I remember when the Frankensteiner was the most you'd ever see someone flip. I say boo to this BS. Uh, and I got a ton of reaction, like you said, from MMA fighters responded to it, pro wrestlers responded to it, uh, a bunch of wrestling fans responded to it. Uh, and like we've already kind of talked about, I'm not a fan of the Young Bucks. I've talked about it many, many weeks. Yes, they're supposed to be a parody of wrestling. That's fine. I'm not into it. I don't find them entertaining. I think it's kind of stupid. Uh, and that spot with everybody missing drop kicks, I thought was stupid. But that's just my opinion, right? And 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 opinions are subjective. And if somebody else digs it, good on them. I don't think it's up to Daniel Cormier to decide what's pathetic. You know what I mean? If someone digs it, then they can dig it. And I actually sent a tweet to Daniel Cormier, which I knew he would never uh, answer. And answer I, fine, just I, well, he wasn't going to answer <laughs> mine though. Because I, I basically said, uh, these things are subjective, uh, Daniel. Some people are fans of yours and some aren't. And uh, so he didn't respond to that. But. Yeah, it all it all came from a tweet from UFC heavyweight Chase Sherman who posted the clip and said, grown men watch this. Now, Chase knew what he was doing. Whether he actually feels that way, I don't know. But there, I've said this on the Holy Smoke show where you all can actually see Showdown Joe's reaction to the spot, which was kind of funny. Oh, I haven't uh, seen that yet. I'm going to go watch it. Yeah, I had him watch it in okay. the middle of the show. And he okay. was like... He was like, what are these guys doing? <laughs> but Chase Sherman's social media game, yeah. it's he's the WWE and everybody else is Ring of Honor and like he's he's that good. And they got a lot of responses. Shayna Baszler defended it like he's like how MMA fighters would say, that's fake, and then be like, dude, the dragon is a white walker now. <laughs> like things like that. It's rooted in realism, but ultimately you go back to that Max Landis video. It is a show yeah. about wrestling, mm. and there's a, di- a lot of different styles you can take. And I talked to Daniel Cormier about it, and I entertained his tweet because I knew that he cared. I've, I've mentioned this on several shows this week. When he, when we sent Brandon Howard there in the middle of his weight cut, Daniel Cormier was excited to oh, talk yeah. to Brandon Howard about For WrestleMania wrestling. gate numbers Absolutely. and attendance. Yep. So I knew that he respected it. And I respected his thoughts. The Jim Cornette thing, not that I don't respect his thoughts. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of it is shtick. Mm-hmm. So when he's calling the Young Bucks grade school kids, and I'm like, they're normal-sized human beings. Mm-hmm. They're 5'8", 5'9", 190 pounds. Actually, might be larger than most non-athletes. Like, what grade school kids how? Because they're not pumping their heart full of fucking steroids mm-hmm. and dying at 35? Like, is, is that why they're school kids? Mm-hmm. That's why... He tried to make this his agenda. He tried to yeah. make it like 
wrestlers don't look like they used to type yeah. of thing. Like, and we we see today. Pretty good Jim Cornette real... impression there, man. Not bad. You know, I like your Bray yeah. Wyatt too. Yeah. Oh God, it's pretty good. You do the hokey pokey, man. <laughs> you turn yourself about. <laughs> That's not cool, man. <laughs> That's not what it's all about. <laughs> but uh, That's not bad. Like, Jim Cornette tried to make it and like his agenda, and it's yeah everything he does he has an agenda. Here, here's the thing: you'll see in stuff like that. Aren't Jim Ro- or Jim Cornette and Vince Russo more alike than they would ever care to admit? That's why they don't get along. It's so weird. Yeah. Jim Cornette tried to make it his agenda. The well, I don't like the young bucks and these grade school kids, these little guys. And I was like, that's weird. Yeah, that's an unusual one. And Daniel Cormier, when I, I mentioned to him, I was like, man, I've seen flip. Kicks, cartwheels, spins, run off cages, and mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff in MMA. Mm. It's like this. If you told me that Cody Rhodes' disaster kick would be one of the most famous spots in an MMA mm-hmm. company's history, I would say that's not realistic. Yeah. And then Anthony Pettis ran up a cage and kicked a man in the face. Yeah, yeah. Like it happened. And and again, when you look at Cornette, and again, we know that everything he does is, is just to keep himself relevant, keep himself in the news, and that's fine. But he was involved with uh, the uh, with Chris Candido, who was a smaller wrestler. He was involved with uh, who was Tom Pritchard's Tom Pritchard and his partner. What was the name of their team again? The Heavenly Bodies. Heavenly Bodies. Yeah. They were smaller wrestlers as a tag team. Yeah, and, but even even then they were both pretty big. Like the small guys were like two thirty, two forty, which are heavyweights in the UFC. But the young bucks, if they were in the UFC, they'd be the third weight division from the top. I don't think they're one ninety, Sean. They're one ninety. They're no. one eighty, one ninety. Yeah, seventy. They're, they're up there. Seventy five. Top. Okay, well, they're still the third division up. Then. Well, that's because that's they're not cutting. Well, there you go. It's a big difference. Now, that, that's kind of moving away. Either way, yeah. they're not like. And if if they were little, what's wrong with that? No, and there's nothing wrong with it. And and, and again, it's, it it comes down to just subjective points of view. And yeah, and I, I've talked many times about. I personally, as a wrestling fan, I enjoy it the most when I can suspend my disbelief. That's when I enjoy pro wrestling yeah. personally. And the reason I'm into a guy like Brock Lesnar is because when Brock's in there, you believe what he's doing. You know what of I mean? Course. And you you know that he's going to stray off the script if he feels like it. That's why I enjoy a guy like Brock Lesnar. And to me, the Young Bucks are like cartoons. And I'm just yeah. not into it. But that again, that doesn't mean that other guys can't be into it if they want to be. That's their right, I think. So uh, well, I was very, I was surprised that Cormier was rattled that much by the whole thing. You know? Well, yeah, and the thing I brought up was he's a noted Seth Rollins fan. Yes, because remember Mania that year? Yes. Yeah, twenty years ago, twenty five years ago, there there would be people shitting all over Seth Rollins doing a Phoenix Splash. There would be people. Shitting over Seth Rollins doing like all kinds of moves, saying that's unrealistic. Right. That's too many flips, too many dives. Right. You don't have to like it. It's it is subjective right. entertainment. It is. And it is. It's a variety show. Yep. Ultimately, I agree. And I respect Jim Jim Cornette's experience and his thoughts on a lot of things. I, I respect Daniel Cormier's opinion because I think that he could go in with a guy like Josh Barnett and they could have a fun pro wrestling match as an exhibition. Absolutely. Like, I, I don't doubt that at all. I, I have a lot of respect for Dan Cormier. I don't know about Cornette since he told me to go fuck myself. But, did he? Uh, I, thought he, I thought he was... Oh, okay, so he did tell you to fuck Yeah, himself. he did. He told me to go fuck myself. <laughs> so, so I don't know what I think of him, but uh, I have a lot of respect for Daniel Cormier. I think Daniel Cormier is uh, pretty cool. Let's yeah. talk about the... Uh, do I have time for this? Yeah, let's just get to it. So uh, WWE announced on Monday night that... And this had been speculated... Uh, matter of fact, I think Jeff Hawkins was the first guy that kind of talked about this, but uh, mm-hmm. there's going to be the first ever Women's Royal Rumble 
this year as part of the Royal Rumble. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, they haven't announced the number of participants, have they? They didn't say 30 women, did they? Not yet, no. I didn't think so because it's, I don't think it's going to be 30. I think it's probably going to be closer to 20. But uh, they announced it, and uh, I... That'll get shit on, too. Uh, I think you it'll know, be okay. there'll be people that are like, oh, lesser, lesser than the men and all that stuff. It's just, they don't have as many They don't have the roster. roster. No, that's I exactly it. There, there are people saying, like, tweeting me dumb shit, like, oh, WWE has 20 women on the roster? Ask me to give a fuck whenever there's the same number as men. I'm like, come on. Uh, come I mean, on. like... People, we've talked about it, people are miserable and they're going to shit on whatever they can shit they on. just but. want to be unhappy. It's so weird. Now, I, I got to say, I applaud the news. I think the girls deserve it. I think that a lot of them have worked really hard to, to you know, get their in-ring at a certain level. I think that the roster is deep enough that they can do it. Plus, I think it's going to be entertaining to see who they bring back uh, for the match, like they do with the men. Like, I bet you we're going to see Lita. I bet you we're going to see Trish Stratus. We're probably going to see the Bellas. Uh, maybe they're even going to bring back Awesome Kong or Molly Holly or Beth Phoenix or Eve Torres. So I think that part's going to be pretty interesting. But did I hate the setup, Sean? Did I hate, hate? I can't emphasize enough. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply hate the setup for that here we have these girls now now correct me if i'm wrong sean is the storyline not that Paige's group is feuding with the other women on raw is that not the story yeah so and they supposedly Paige's group is hated by the other women which is why the other women always run in when they're in the ring is that not correct correct so here's all these girls brawling in the ring it's Paige's, Paige and, 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 uh, and her girls against the rest of the women on the roster. They're brawling in the ring. There comes that stupid music. Celebrate, whatever the hell you said. Style yeah. and grace. Here comes we that dumb music. Song. Yeah, one of these days. And then what happens, Sean, when these girls are brawling and that music hits? They stop fighting for no reason. Look to the stage. You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of like the kids in school that are doing something bad because the teacher's out of the room. And then the teacher yes. comes back in and slips back in, and then they're like caught red-handed. You know what I mean? It was stupid, stupid. And having Stephanie in there, she's supposed to be a heel, but then when they do moments like this, suddenly she's not a heel anymore. Now, all of a sudden, all these girls who had just been brawling, and the three of them are hated by the rest, they're all holding hands, and they're raising their arms together for the photo op, and they're doing a yes, a yes chant. I cannot describe how much I hated it. Hated it. It was so bad. Stephanie McMahon, if there's anybody listening, if you want to maybe just kidnap her 
And for a period of like three years, just like keep her hostage someplace for like three years. Don't kill her, but keep her hostage someplace for like three years. Then you can bring her back because she's got children. So you can bring her back. <laughs> but for maybe for like three years, just keep her hostage someplace. Keep her safe. Feed her. But keep her I just, someplace. I just, I just want to say shout out to Dick underscore Tickles. <laughs> <laughs> who sent me my favorite tweet of the week. Really? Uh, I posted a photo, the group photo. Yeah. Now, I've said this. Like, I've worked a lot of turd-level indie shows, and it never fails. On those turd-level indie shows is like a, wow, we pulled off a show without burning the goddamn place down. Group photo. I say, nah. I say, nay. I say, no. That's cheesy. That's corny. That's stupid. They had Alicia Fox holding... Like Mandy Rose's hand up in the air a week after she got attacked by it. Exactly. It, it was it, so stupid. It was so the, stupid. In the group photo, Dick Tickles says, <laughs> And look who's right in the middle. Mother Goose herself. <laughs> doubt if she ends up being a surprise entrant. Then wins the Rumble. Then wins the Belt at Mania. Then beats Asuka's undefeated yeah, streak. Yeah, yeah, From yeah. here forth, Stephanie McMahon is known as Mother Goose. And why does she have to wear six-inch heels when she's she's already probably five nine barefoot, yeah. five eight barefoot? Why do you got to wear six bigger than all these right. women? Right, and, and she was in line next to Alexa. Oh my for that god! Shot. If, they, if Jessamyn Duke makes it to the main roster, Stephanie McMahon will wear the biggest goddamn platform shoes you will ever see. She will be on stilts to be above this woman. Like it will be. Uh. I just can't. Like if Jazzy. Gaber Gaber is in there, or yeah. anybody. Like, oh, she's got to be bigger than everybody. Nia, so, Nia Jax was the only one taller than her. Yeah. The whole group. Here's, here's the thing, like, ah, uh, man, like, at what point do these women stop acting just like, wow, gee, thanks, Steph, wow, yeah. instead of being like, yeah, bitch, we deserve it. Right. Of course. And when you look at Ronda Rousey, right? A long time ago. When you look at Ronda Rousey, because Ronda Rousey, I think, deserves a lot of credit for being a a pioneer for women's MMA, especially with the UFC. Ronda Rousey would go out there, she would do her job, she would win her fight, they would raise her hand, she would go to the back. There was never any of this, you know, grabbing the mic with Joe Rogan talking about, I did this for women, and I did this for the women's revolution. She just did her job, she won, and that's how she got recognized. You don't get recognized because you're, you're asking for the attention, you get recognized by your performance. And, uh, exactly. that's, and, and, the, and the girls got recognized... And the reason they're doing this Royal Rumble is because Charlotte busted her ass, and Sasha busted her ass, and Bailey busted her ass, and all those girls busted their ass in order to get their work rate where it needed to be. That's why they're doing this. And But Stephanie had to be the center of attention. And uh, we've talked about it before, good heat, bad heat. She is so irritating. And as soon as I hear the first two little words of that music, Sean, I'm done with the show, man. I am. I'm done with the show. And I'm going to be honest with you. I, I caught the end of Raw on Monday night, and as soon as I heard whatever is style and grace, I muted my TV, Sean. I did. Uh, I muted my TV because I'm, I'm, I'm just tired of it. It's not entertaining. The show's ratings are dropping come the third hour, and I know that's a trend, and you can't blame Stephanie. But I'm going to go ahead and blame Stephanie, Sean. <laughs> Why not? Going to do it. Let's it go seems to, fair. Let's go to stupid people. This is a stupid song, it just goes on and on. You might find some meaning, but you would be wrong. I should call this uh, Trevor Strong Stupid People. God damn. TrevorStrong.org. Usage of the stupid song. Now, Sean, let me tell you, man. 
I'm making it my, my uh, I don't know if agenda is the right word, but I'm making it my goal every week to find at least one story that fits into the Sean Ross Sapp criteria of stupid people news. No, we're getting some weenie news. So, well, weenie or shit. <laughs> weenie or yeah. shit. Yeah, fair. So every week, and, and, and once again, and I've talked about this before, it's so easy finding stupid people news because there's so many stupid people. And I did not think it was going to be so easy to find stupid people news related to penises <laughs> or shit. But I found it, Sean. Oh, my God. It's so easy. <laughs> it's not hard. So uh, so let's get to this. You can so find this it first a local one. paper out here. Yeah. <laughs> It doesn't take much. So this first one, and I can't wait to get the sex pasta, but we'll, we'll get to that one in a minute. So this first one, <laughs> this first one was reported by the La Crosse Tribune in La Crosse, Wisconsin on December 13th. Get this one. There was a man named Randy Bolstad. He called 911, and he told them that he lost money inside an office building, and if the, oh, off no. and if the officers didn't arrive to help him out soon, he was going to break in in order to get it back. They asked him on the phone, uh, how did you get inside to lose the money in the first place? And he didn't really have an answer for them. So they suspected something was up, so the police showed up. By the time they showed up, he had taken off. And that was on a Saturday, okay? That was on a Saturday. Two days later, Monday morning, uh, there's a 911 call by a person working at the building saying their laptop was missing. Oh. And, and uh, they had found condoms and loose change in the bathroom. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. So, so the man broke in. Lost money. How much money did... Okay, there... Oh, it gets better, God. Sean. I am made of questions right oh, now. Oh, it gets better. It gets <laughs> better. So the police, they, they showed up. They were doing their search around the bathroom and all that stuff. Inside the bathroom trash can, they found Randy Bolstad's probation papers. Oh, son of a bitch. This fool. Okay. <laughs> so I know what... I know I've, I've pieced it together. Uh, oh, have good, good right for here you. Has pieced it together. Good for you. He showed up there, and he was like, how can I just fuck myself? <laughs> well, I'm going to need a condom first. Right, right, right. How can I just fuck my life up and fuck myself? Oh, I know how. I'm going to break into a place, yep. leave DNA there, leave my papers there. My question is, who travels around with their probation documents? And then leaves them behind at the place they just broke into and burglarized. Sweethearts, man. Somebody who wants to fuck themselves. Yeah, well, that's what happened. That's what happened. So uh, they, uh, they found him. They arrested him. He's in jail. Yeah, I'm shocked. Yeah. This <laughs> next one, man. Oh, these stories are so good, Nigel. You think that they're fake, but they're not. <laughs> these people exist. So this was reported by Cleveland.com on December 14th. A 22-year-old student... At Youngstown State in Ohio, his name is Albert Maruna IV. Uh, he looks like a 22-year-old Jonah Hill, if you look at his mugshot. Which one? Fat or skinny Jonah Hill? Oh, the fat Jonah Hill. Oh, okay. <laughs> He's accused of trying to solicit sex from a 15-year-old boy. And here's the best part, Sean. Here's the best part. Police were undercover online pretending to be the boy. They arranged a meeting with Maruna. He showed up. And as it turned out, he, for some reason, thought that he could use this to solicit sex from this 15-year-old. He showed up with uh, two bottles of Sprite and a Tupperware container filled with chicken Alfredo. Okay, so yeah, that's right. this chicken story. Alfredo? Chicken Alfredo. <laughs> I've heard this story. First off, chicken Alfredo is delicious. Yeah. I get where he's coming from there. Second off, trying to solicit a 15-year-old boy, stupid, bad, like, un indefensible. Uh-huh. 
Sprite, if you ever watch Sprite commercials in the 90s, you can dunk a basketball if you drink Sprite. That's the rule. Yeah. Yeah. When people used to try to dunk in our pickup games and couldn't do it, we would say drink Sprite. What a just phenomenal resource of our police to catfish some gay dude. Yeah. I think, you know, like I said, indefensible, but you, you cops don't have anything else better to do. Well, he's a minor, make, like, Sean. A, it was a minor. What is it? It was a minor. It was a 15-year-old boy. But was, didn't the cops, like, set it up? Yeah, but they do that in order to try to fish out these pedophiles, right? Yeah, they catfish a gay Yeah, but they, 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 have a, they have a division for that. Like, there's a division set up for that. Sure. What of if course. they just wanted the uh, chicken Alfredo? Maybe they wanted the yeah, chicken Alfredo. That's, so, that's uh, what it is. They got well, budget problems. So here's me, here's how we make it better. So he also had uh, a bottle of lube. <laughs> he had a he had a container of Vaseline. He had an iPhone, a MacBook, and three zip drives. Uh, police found on his phone that he had nude photos, both of himself and of other people, that they think were also minors. Well, I can tell you what he didn't have. He didn't have his probation papers or his condom because he left those in the building he broke into. That's true. He didn't have that. And I learned a new word from this whole thing, Sean. Nigel's pretty smart, so you might know this word. So he he was charged with attempted unlawful sexual contact with a minor, disseminating matter harmful to juveniles, possessing criminal tools, and he was charged with importuning. You know what that is? Importuning? Importuning. Sounds familiar. I had never heard of it. It turns out that importuning is asking someone persistently to do something. So he was probably, like, uh, really hammering this supposed 15-year-old to meet him, right? Wow. He's really, yeah. What a creep. Yeah, yeah. And he should also be charged with poor eating habits, if you ask me. He's got two bottles of Sprite and a Tupperware container filled with chicken Alfredo. Tell me. So this last one, this is for the Sean Ross Sap file. This one. <laughs> and every week. I'm ready. These are so easy to find. It's just so, so. So it was reported by NorthJersey.com on December 12th. A man in Patterson, New Jersey was on a rail bridge over the Passaic River, taking a dump. <laughs> the, a train came along, wow. and it forced them. They don't know if he jumped off the bridge or if he got knocked off the bridge. They hadn't figured out yet which one of those it was. But either way, he went off the bridge, down into the end of the river. An employee from the train told the press that he saw the man on the tracks with his pants down around his ankles, taking a shit. Tried to stop the train before hitting the guy. Fortunately, the guy was pulled out of the water screaming, was treated in hospital, and is apparently fine now. I mean, what like, do you say? You ever seen Stand By Me, Nigel? Yes, I have. So, that story went a little differently than the Stand By Me scene on the bridge. Have you ever seen that? Yeah. So, uh, those kids were walking across the bridge. They weren't shitting on the bridge. No, they were not shitting on the bridge. But this gentleman in Patterson, New Jersey, decided, I guess he really had to go. So he went on the bridge over the Passaic River in Patterson, New Jersey. True, true or false, the two little kids, little boys, and Stand By Me were in love with each other. Uh, let me see. One of them was Chris O'Donnell, and the other one I was... Mean, I mean the characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of them. So Chris O'Donnell, and, or is it Chris O'Donnell? Jerry O'Connell. Ger- oh, Jerry O'Connell. And the other River was Phoenix. Phoenix, River Phoenix, right. I think that uh, Watch, O'Connell... Watch that movie again. I really think I think they were in love with each other. Well, I think that the who is it again? Jerry O'Connell. Yeah, had a crush on River Phoenix's character because he kind of looked up to him as the cool kid. So that's probably what yeah. It was. See, I'm not crazy. My wife loves that movie, and I watch it. And as I watched it, I said, "Oh, those two are in love with each other, or at least one of them is." One of them probably that's is. It. <laughs> that's yeah. it. Yeah, that's it. Uh, what I, 
you know, there are certain stories you find for me, and it's almost a challenge. Like, no, it's not a challenge. That's the sad part. It's not a challenge. Yeah. Well, it's very easy. Get Sean to say, "What can I say? What can I say to do that story justice?" I know one thing. We're at a time of the year where I think it's important to remember things (laughs) in our history. Almost 30 years ago, Sergeant Al Powell and John McClain both thwarted a major terrorism attempt at Nakatomi Plaza in Los Angeles. Two American heroes. Let's remember them this Christmas. Okay, there was another one like that about the Family Matters cop. It was on Twitter. Was it? Yeah. Well, I'm glad to see he's getting the respect that (laughs) Sergeant Al Powell deserves it all. There you go. That's awesome. Can you imagine, just imagine for a second, that... You're standing on a rail bridge with your pants around your ankles, and you're squ- and you're and you're pushing one out, and then there comes the six o'clock train. Okay, the thing I Imagine always the wonder about this, that, Jimmy. Sean? The thing I always wonder about this, Jimmy, is what's the toilet paper situation? I always wonder that when these shit stories come along. I don't think they're do thinking they come that far prepared. Ahead. No, they're not do thinking they, that far. They have it, or they they just gotta go. I think they can't spare a square, Sean. <laughs> That's what I think. So let's move on. Uh, Ring of Honor announced, kind of in line with what we talked about before the uh, the little break there, that uh, they are going to be doing a tournament to crown the first Ring of Honor women's champion, uh, which I think is a cool thing. They're going to be starting it at the at the TV taping on January 20th in Nashville, and they've announced that it's going to include uh, such uh, talent as Brandi Rhodes, Deanna Perrazzo, Jenny Rose, Jesse, Jesse Brooks, Kelly Klein, Mandy Leon, Stella Gray, Sumi Sakai, and uh, Mayu Awatani. So, good for all those girls. Good for the whole thing. Yeah, congratulations to Diana for her eventual Women of Honor championship win. Right, and I mean, she's busted her ass. She deserves it. You know? Oh, yeah. I've, I've seen very few people put in the amount of work that Diana Perrazzo has yep. in that short amount of time. Like, she was on TNA pay-per-view eight matches into her career. Right, she's still really young now, yeah. Yes, yes, she is. So uh, that's my pick. I know they think a lot of Kelly Klein. Kelly Klein is actually married to B.J. Whitmer, who does work mm-hmm. for Ring of Honor. Mandy, Mandy Leon, Leon gets, yeah, she gets a lot of play. Mandy Leon, she gets a lot of play. Mandy Leon, Leon, I've interviewed her. I'm pretty sure she's with Delirious, who helps run the company as well. So, right, right. yeah. But uh, they, they, good. It's it's time to do it. I hope they don't get like Ring of Honor or not Ring of Honor New Japan where. Every single match is a title match. Right, right. Like, New Japan has like seven or eight different championships. Right, yeah. So speaking of Ring of Honor, uh, you know, I've told, I've told this before, uh, how I love when I can suspend my disbelief. I also love it when something is unpredictable. And maybe it's just me, Sean, but when Ring of Honor, over the last week, they introduce a new world title belt, they have Cody Rhodes, the champion, showcasing the new world title belt... Then at final battle, Cody Rose, defending the title against Dalton Castle, comes out with a new look, bleach blonde hair. Yeah. And so you're thinking to yourself, he's clearly going to successfully defend his title. He debuted a new title belt. He's got a new look with bleach blonde hair. Cody Rose goes out, loses the title to Dalton Castle. I love unpredictability like that. I like it, and, uh, and so I like to see that, and uh, that happened last weekend as well. That was a good show. It was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed the post-show podcast, I told everybody that if it did good enough numbers, I would do them regularly because that's how we got to gauge everything. It did. I will be doing them regularly. I mean, my Friday nights are usually kind of an evening off, but you all showed up for the Ring of Honor post-show, and I loved doing it. It wasn't like it wasn't hard to carry it for an hour or anything like that. 
I, I really like the show. I, as you said, I like the unpredictable nature of like that. Because Cody's one of the hottest things outside of WWE right now, yeah. whether it's in the ring or not, because you know, a lot of people don't like his matches per se, but just, that was good. I also wanted to give a particular shout out to Will Ospreay and Matt Taven, because I have never, ever been interested in Matt Taven. And that opening match was very, very hard for the rest of that card to live up to. It was really good, but Dalton Castle, them hitching their wagon to him. Mm-hmm. Not only is he a good wrestler, Jimmy, he's a good character. You mentioned him a few weeks ago, too. You mentioned him as oh, a guy. Yeah. I think you said he's somebody WWE would want to go after. If Freddie Mercury were a wrestler, it would be Dalton Castle. And like he, when they brought him into Ring of Honor, he had just such a great natural feud with with Silas Young, who is the last real man of professional wrestling. He's got the Magnum P.I. mustache, and it was just such a natural thing to have this, like, really, like, a dickhead, Silas Young, about his manliness, feuding with kind of a flamboyant type of character. And it was it was a really great way, and both of them walked out with championships. Silas Young, a uh, Ring of Honor TV champion now. I, I, I like the direction. I'm interested. Yeah, I thought that was a very creative booking with that main event, for sure. So you know how pro wrestling has long uh, done the whole novelty celebrity thing, where they'll bring a celebrity, say, at WrestleMania, they'll put them in a match, whatever. They do it for the rub off the celebrity, uh, bring in somebody from the outside world, so to speak. So uh, today, December 20th, Dana White, uh, I, don't wanna, I don't know if you can say announced, but Dana White said that he is talking to Floyd Mayweather about a fight in the UFC. Yes, this is not MMA, but I wanted to talk about it because, again, pro wrestling has long done this, where they, where they bring in an outside Former performer. WrestleMania performer, there Floyd Mayweather. There we go. Undefeated in WWE, Floyd Mayweather. And uh, what do you think of this, man? So I know that Mayweather said in the past that he was working on a multi-fight deal worth a billion dollars. You know Mayweather's full of shit. Yeah. Uh, but that's what he claimed. My question is, yes, he's Floyd Mayweather. Uh, I think back to uh, UFC 118, James Tony fought Randy Couture. Did about 570,000 buys. And yes, I know that Randy Couture is not Conor McGregor. And James Tony is not Floyd Mayweather. And I get all that. But we're also in a time now where uh, UFC pay-per-views, sometimes they average as little as 150,000 buys. Oh, this, they, they would do at least $3 million. I disagree. I disagree. I, I think they would. I think they'd do at least $3 million. I don't think so. Because, like, there, there's so many question marks. James Tony just... He couldn't build a fight. He wasn't in shape. He didn't yeah. have the legacy of Floyd Mayweather. Uh, Conor McGregor did is just way more important than Randy Couture from a pay per view landscape. Yeah, but they haven't yeah, said like, it's going to be against uh, Conor McGregor. No, but that. I mean that would make that would make sense. And yeah. to be honest with you, I said this on the I said this on Twitter. If CM Punk can take a punch, he beats Floyd Mayweather in probably ninety seconds. He trains with. Ben Askren and Tyron Woodley and the Pettis brothers. He's been training MMA for three years. I cannot overstate how important it is for somebody to have never defended a takedown before in their life. Go back and watch James Tony, guys. You can count on one hand since the advent of the Ultimate Fighter how many people have been taken down with low ankle picks. Like what? That's the first thing you learn is you post your shoulder below the knee, you grab the heel, you, you drag somebody down like that if they don't know what they're doing. That's what happened to James Tony, and he was subsequently strangled. We saw how easy it was for Conor McGregor to get around the back of, of Floyd Mayweather. And people have been asking me all day, what kind of matchup do you think they'd give him? And I said, well, I think they would probably just give him Diaz or yeah. McGregor. 
Yeah. It'd be, it'd be, it'd be 155. It'd be he's probably not climbing the ladder. No, he's no, no. He's not climbing no. the ladder. No. But if they did, like, look at what they did in the past. James Tony got Randy Couture. CM Punk got a guy who had been training for seven years. Like, they don't do these guys any favors. He will like, Mayweather. Dana, White's, Dana White Dana, will Mayweather. That's, 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 the, that's the point. Like, yeah. Mayweather's a little different. He's got a lot more leverage. They didn't see sustained pay-per-view success in a James Tony or a CM Punk. Yeah. Floyd Mayweather, maybe they do, but there's always that point, like, if they put him in there with a scrub, you'll get the curiosity buys, but See, here's how Mayweather's I look at retirement it. fight didn't do shit, Jimmy. It lost no, money. Yeah. The way I look at it is, I think that the McGregor boxing match, I think it taught a lot of people that the whole thing was just a farce, because that's what it was, and going into that boxing match, and after that boxing match, how many people said, oh, if this was in the MMA cage, Conor McGregor would wipe the floor with him in 30 seconds. How many McGregor times did you hear it. that? Right? McGregor said it. Everybody that's, that's, said it. Everybody said it. It's one of the things I said he should do. He should say, say in the lead up, yeah. all right, I'll do your little boxing fight, and then we can go do it in a real fight. And that's that might be what we're looking at. I, I think that the, the finish is too predetermined. And I also think that I think Floyd's going to be taken care of. I think it'll be a submission in 30 seconds, no injuries. He can, you know, I I just think it's a farce, and I think that too many people know it's a farce. So three million buys, no chance. I I, I think they'll be lucky to get two million, for something like that. And then the other question is, Floyd Mayweather is accustomed to making uh, nine figure paydays. He's not getting a nine figure payday off two million buys. So what are they going to do about that situation? I mean, he could he could be co promoter. And give his promotion company some of the money, but I just I question if they're going to be able. Unless again, Dana White's telling Floyd Mayweather, you know what? It'll be an easy thirty second thing for you. We're going to give you twenty five mil. You're not going to get hurt. You know what? I okay, we'll so here's the thing. I'm trying to do the math in my head. If they do two million buys, that that pay per view is probably eighty, ninety, hundred bucks because it's Mayweather versus McGregor, somebody like that. Agreed. Yes. So if we say eighty bucks times two million, and then you know you take half of that off, I think forty percent, isn't it? Yeah, that then they're probably looking at eighty million dollar profit just right there. Just like it's going to be pretty good. It's not profit. But, That's not profit. Well, not a profit. That's top revenue. Line. Sorry, top line. Yeah. Yeah. So. I think it does more than that. Maybe they charge a hundred because they you could. know you. You move that from 80 to 100, and let's be real. The pay-per-view companies are probably going to give them a little wiggle room on the, the cut here because they could. the pay-per-view companies want in on this. Wasn't, UFC, course, wasn't UFC 200 like $99 or something? If I remember it was, right? It was more expensive, yeah. yeah. But also the UFC is also seeing more and more and more UFC.tv buys and online buys. They – they broke records doing that. Boxing had never really done that before. Like mm-hmm. they'd done they here and there, but they didn't get into eye pay per view. And UFC gets to keep a giant portion of eye pay per view buys, like way beyond the typical forty to fifty percent. So there are a lot of there are a lot of things to. I think the Mayweather, the people that would buy for Mayweather are not doing the eye pay per view. I think they're they're casual fans buying the pay per view. I think. Well, U- UFC fans are more likely to buy iPay-per-views than boxing fans. They are, but the people that would buy this casually are not UFC fans. They'd be boxing fans looking to see Mayweather get his ass kicked. Well, no, I it's would, honestly what it is. That's, that's, that that would be the market. I am predicting about 3 to 3.2 million buys, which would... No chance. But you know what? Yeah. We got to hold out. We got to wait till we see, number one, is it going to be official? And number two, who's the opponent? 
Yes, if it's Conor McGregor so, versus Floyd Mayweather. If it's Conor McGregor, go easily on, do two. Easily two. Based, based on them doing four-point something, I think, that, uh, in boxing, I think they could uh, do that. And I think you're looking at a pretty, pretty solid number there. But, but like you said, like <laughs> getting paid the amount of money that like somebody's – he's not going to make as much as he does in boxing. No, and, and as opposed to boxing, where I think Floyd knew that it was very minimal risk in the boxing match, mm-hmm. in, a, in the UFC cage, even if Dana White says, I'm going to protect you, he could break an arm in the UFC cage. You know what I mean? Do you, do you think this would cause a domino effect in the, the revenue sharing of fighters and in the UFC? Because it's way down there. We're talking like in the single digits right now, like their percentage of revenue share. I think Bellator is going to enjoy the whole the whole thing. Oh, hell yeah, they will. I think. They, they're going to get some names out of it if it happens. And and because and, – and quite frankly, and I don't know who it was. It might have been Joe that was talking about this before that boxing match saying uh, UFC was – it was a mistake to do the boxing match because McGregor was going to make so much money that he didn't need to fight in the UFC anymore and then he could kind of call his shots. And that's exactly what you're seeing where he doesn't need to fight and he's going to only fight the best matchups and the UFC kind of needs him because there is nobody else. So it's uh, – what a world, what a situation, man. Let's move on and talk about WWN. Good business, Sean. They just announced a network. That's why right? I want to talk about it. Okay. So, uh, so they announced that they, they're going to do their own streaming service. Based on what I've heard so far, this is not going to work. And I'm going to tell you why. I think I'm batting a 1,000 on these so far, Sean. And I'm going to tell you why. So they're calling it Club WWN. It's going to be $9.99 a month. You get 24-7 unlimited video on-demand access to all of their promotions, including Evolve and Dragon Gate USA and Shine and all that. Now here's where they're gonna here's where they're gonna struggle, and I'm calling it. This is where they're gonna struggle. You do not get the iPay-per-views for free as part of the service. Yeah, that's bad. You get 50% off the iPay-per-views. So they want you to spend 9.99 for stuff that's already been on tape. Then they want you to pay additional money for the iPay-per-view, which WWE doesn't even request. And then two weeks after the iPay-per-view has been live, they're gonna put that that show on the network. Uh, as part of the nine, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. People are not going to pay nine ninety nine and not get live content as part of it. It's not going to work. Yeah, I, I agree. I know that they talked to multiple streaming services and yeah. different things to try to make it work, but they couldn't. Yep. I just don't. I, not going to work. It's hard to get people to pay that much money for a pay per view these days when WWE has set the bar at nine ninety nine. It is very very difficult. I know Ring of Honor has trouble doing it. Uh, and that's probably why they want to unleash uh, or un- unroll a roll out rather. God damn, <laughs> a potential streaming service that might have their stuff on it. But the difference is, Ring of Honor has the benefit of a broadcast company backing them. Yeah, but again, yeah. this is going to be archived footage. Yeah, I know people aren't so, going to pay nine 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 a month to see something where they already know the results because it came out, you know, two weeks ago or, or, or later. Made you. It's I'm not going to work. So if, if they decide, if they decide to cut, yeah. But if, if they decide, because I'm telling you, it's not going to work. So if they decide, no. you know what? Let's let's put the iPay per views for free as part of the service. Then it might work. But then the question is, do they make enough to offset that cost? Because there's a lot more cost involved if you're going to, you know, any service you put out there that's more than nine ninety nine will have that stigma. Right. Will have that stigma of well, WWE does all this for nine ninety nine. Exactly right. WWE has that mass appeal. They can do it for nine ninety nine. Like. If we started a subscription service tomorrow, it might not – You know, there are a lot of established players already in the subscription-based service game. Mm-hmm. 
it's tough to just come out of nowhere and just be like, all right, here you go. A Ring of Honor might be able to do it because they've got such a niche product and established stuff Mm -hmm. and a relationship with New Japan. New Japan was able to do it, and they've done it well. Mm -hmm. But they're they're including their pay-per-views on those services as well. You have to do that. You have to. Yeah. So uh, I look forward to David Bixon's band writing something in about a year about that. Yep. Oh, forget a year, six months. There you go. And and I want to say I do wish WWN luck. Matt Riddle's a buddy of mine. Jason Kincaid's a buddy of mine. He writes – Jason Kincaid practically writes a book on our website. Like you all got to check that out over on the Pro Series stuff. Such a vivid, vivid writer. I wonder how this affects WrestleMania weekend events because last year – Joey Janela's show uh, that aired on uh, Flow Slam was one of the most popular shows of the weekend. This year, there's no Flow Slam. There, this, the amount of content may drastically reduce mm. based on that. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. So last week, we talked about the story about uh, Buff Bagwell and Raven with their royalties lawsuit against WWE being dismissed. And it was announced that there was some kind of uh, confidential settlement. And we kind of questioned, did they get any money in this? And is this going to open the floodgates for other performers? Well, good old Chris Harrington, he discovered through WWE filings that Bagwell and Raven didn't get anything from WWE in order to uh, drop the lawsuit. And so what that tells me is that WWE probably indicated to their attorneys that they will let this drag out in court and they'll let them rack up their legal fees. And we know that uh, Raven and Bagwell, neither one of them are in a, a position financially to go through that. Uh, and so that's why that's probably the catalyst for them deciding to just drop the suit and, and let it go, which is probably also the reason why WWE is reportedly going to now put Thunder and Sunday Night Heat on the network, uh, which they were holding off on doing. And this is very uh, that'll put the butts in the seats. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but they have it. They might as well do it, right? Yeah, sure. But uh, it's not I too want, dissimilar. I want Saturday Night up there too. Uh, WCW, WCW Saturday Night. Saturday that night. was their big show. Yeah, for sure. But this, oh, this whole thing wasn't too dissimilar from the broken trademark issue with Impact, where WWE yeah, basically right. told Impact, hey, you want to sue? Sue, because we're going to do it kind of thing. So uh, similar thing. When you've got that kind of resources behind you, you can, you can make those moves, Sean. You know? Hey, and finally Raven got back to me on an interview I've been trying to get him to do for four months. So there you go. I've, saying, I've saying hit I've... me up in three weeks, didn't he? Call me in three weeks? <laughs> yeah, which is what he yeah, said. Yeah, good for him. Keep, eat, keep, keep eating your SpaghettiOs and sleep until noon, buddy. Oh, come on. I wanted to interview him for the, the NWA piece. I shouldn't have said that, Nigel. I shouldn't have said that. But I already did. I already did. So, I, ate, uh, I ate SpaghettiOs today. <laughs> fun fact. Fun fact. I, I went downstairs when I woke up this morning, and I looked for my wallet because I look in the fridge. There was nothing I could, you know, nothing I could readily cook. I'm trying to get ahead. No microwave lasagna going on in your freezer right now? I ate that one time. <laughs> I posted it on Instagram because it looked so terrible. But... I'm trying to load up on content for this weekend. That way our Fightful viewers have content. I don't want to leave the site bare over Christmas because regular news might be slow, so I've got a lot of retro stuff going up there. So I'm really hitting it hard in the mornings. I look for my wallet to go get some breakfast, some lunch. My wallet's in the car that my wife has taken to work. So I had to go grab, scrape some change out of the change jar because I don't keep cash laying around the house. And I looked at the corner store known as the Handy Mart. I remember, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, well, I've got another story involved, but I see SpaghettiOs with meatballs, and that was the best bet. Now, here's... <laughs> it's like I'm rating this shit, Nigel. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no. Here, here's something you would write. I see some breakfast sandwiches from the morning and stuff, because it's, it's about maybe 9.30, 10, and usually people come through at 7, 8, mm-hmm. and buy all the sandwiches. 
Now, I see a couple, and I just ask, how much are they? As in, how much do they cost? Because I live in a place full of goddamn hilljacks, <laughs> they thought that I meant, what is the quantity of sandwiches? As in, how, how many are there? there? Okay. So they started to say, oh, about three or four. And I'm like, no, 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 no. They don't cost three or four. Like, either or. They are $3 or they are $4. How much are they? Well, I just told you how much they are. No, you didn't. You didn't <laughs> at all. Jim hey. Cornette was working behind the county, counter at the Handy Marks? Yeah, <laughs> Richard's impersonation of Jim Cornette yeah. is one of my favorite in wrestling history. Some good shit. So a week or two ago, we were talking about WWE's uh, planned experiment for January with the 205 Live Tour. Yeah. Uh, they booked three shows. I uh, forget the venues, but they booked three shows at smaller venues, uh, like 2,000-seat-ish venues. And uh, we talked on the show about what a tough sell that was going to be. So WWE, I haven't heard much about ticket sales, but I'm going to go ahead and assume that they're soft because they've announced that Matt Hardy versus Bray Wyatt is now going to be part of those shows, even though it is not a cruiserweight matchup. They're adding it to the tour to to try to bolster ticket sales. So they should add Finn Balor too. They could. I mean, Hideo Hideo Tommy's going to be on it, Hideo. Yeah, Hideo. (laughs) It was a... Hideos debut. <laughs> now, I, 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 I saw it written down, and then before my brain could react, it just kind of came out yeah. the way it reads. But uh, but he's probably going to be on. Matter of fact, I think on WWE.com, they had him advertised, Hideo Itami. So yeah, they sure. could they could put Finn Balor on the card. But uh, I think they should as a special attraction because he can yeah. work with those people, and he, he is maybe somebody that will put a couple of asses in seats. He could, but ba- based on the fact they're adding Hardy versus Bray, obviously this experiment's either going to be you know one and done, or if it does well enough, they're just going to continue adding non-cruiserweight matches to the shows in order to to help sell them. Which they have so much talent, they could very easily do it. Yeah. Right. Do you think they'll book Kalisto versus the Water Bottle? I saw that. Now, was, keep if you, in mind if you do that at a wrestling show, you're a remarkable piece of shit. By the way. Yes, and it, it did hit the floor first, and so I think Kalisto was actually selling for the bottle because <clears throat> if you if you watch the footage, it hit the floor first and then bounced up and hit him. It's great. So I, I think I think he literally just sold for the for the water bottle. He so, should have. That'd yeah, be great. Good for him. Uh, lots of other stuff here, man. Dean Ambrose. Uh, you know the old saying: uh, "Absence makes the heart grow fonder." You know that saying? Yes. I think this news could be good for him, even though it's probably shitty right about now. So Dean Ambrose, uh, they they think he tore his triceps on Raw on Monday night during that six man tag. He's in Alabama right now at Dr. James Andrews Sports Clinic. Uh, he's going to be go- undergoing surgery imminently. There's no timetable yet for his return on that. Um, again, it sucks that he's injured, but I think it's good news for him in the long run because I think he's a still character. He's one of these guys that I just don't really care to watch on television. I, I feel he hasn't evolved as a character. Uh, and plus, he's still a newlywed. It's the holidays. Go have fun with your wife in Vegas. That's where they live, so go have fun with your wife. Uh, too bad it happened to him, but I think it's, uh, it's going to work out well for him. Yeah, um, as we, we reported the news of Dean Ambrose on the live post-show podcast Monday, when he was in the ring, like I started to, or on the apron, I was like, okay, he's got that thing. Like Dean doesn't wear a lot of stuff on his arms. Mm-hmm. And he was padded up, compressioned up. It looked a little bit smaller than the other arm, which I didn't know if that was because of the compression. Mm-hmm. And I hope he doesn't miss mania. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, That'd be bad for him. That, that would, would be, be bad. It would be, I mean, that's why a lot of the guys do what they do is for, for the mania payday, so. 
AJ Lee, it was announced in a press release that a production company out of L.A. called EUE Sokolow is going to be uh, producing a scripted television show based on her book, Crazy is My Superpower. She's going to be executive producer and writer on it. They haven't announced anything about a television deal, so I'm going to go ahead and assume they're going to produce a pilot and then shop it around. That's probably what they're going to do. But good for her that she's getting that opportunity. You know? Yeah, I think that's really cool. Uh, yeah. Good for her. I yeah. had a lot of people asking me if I think that she'll be a surprise entrant in the Rumble. I do not. No chance. No chance. <laughs> no, no. I think you're going to see the fabulous Moolah before you see uh, AJ Lee <laughs> in the Women's Royal Rumble. Let's call it a hunch. Um, okay, I was, I was debating if I should bring this one up uh, because I just don't see this going anywhere, but I'll bring it up. The Dolph Ziggler thing. Yeah. Um. I don't understand how they think he's gonna, they're going to get him over as a, as a performer uh, at any level doing this. But he wins the U.S. title at Clash of Champions. He pinned Baron Corbin to do it. Uh, then goes on SmackDown, uh, cuts a promo about all of his accomplishments, says that we don't deserve him, lays the belt on the canvas and leaves. Where are they going, Sean? I don't know. Yeah. I tried to find out right now and... Of course, after a Tuesday night before Christmas, you're not going to get a lot of responses from WWE guys, but I'm interested. I want to see what happens. Yeah, I'm a little interested. It's a little bit different because there's the rumors of his contract news. It's all every single time. I don't think his contract's like up as soon as what a lot of people are thinking. Though. And if like, it was, WWE would not let him go do that. This is all yeah, and out. He's He said something on a podcast recently like, I got to make a decision soon. I think that was him planting seeds. I don't think he's going anywhere. Whatever, whatever. Yeah. I I used to I, I I we've talked about it before. I used to respect Dolph Ziggler a lot as a performer. He's still great in the ring, but uh, he he's been calling it in for a while. I feel, in my opinion, he was blatantly emulating Shawn Michaels, who we know he he was a big fan of growing up. Uh, right down to actually tuning up the band. I don't know. Whatever. I say whatever. Yeah. You know. Uh, what do you think of this one? So first, uh, Nigel's being into politics. So first we got Donald Trump. He was elected uh, as president of the U.S. without any political uh -oh. background. Right, Nigel? Yep. In 2020, Mark Cuban is hinting that he's going to run. Cool. No, politi no political background. Can't be worse. And no, I, I think he'd actually do pretty well, Mark Cuban. I do too. And now in 2024, The Rock is saying he might run for president. Does that mean he'll run as a Republican? I mean, that's what it's so kind of indicating, it? right? So somebody somebody told me that he is a registered Republican. Yeah, I would. But the thing is, he's so good at not really tipping his hand about that type of thing. Well, like, yeah, I wouldn't. You, you don't want it. You don't want to split your audience. Yeah, but but you have to there. Yes, you have to split your audience when it. Unless he's an independent, he could be an independent. No, or did they not really? Man, he lives, shot, he lives right? in California, right? He lives in Florida. Oh, Florida. Okay. Wow. Well. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I was gonna it's say real tough, man. Like out here, I see it. Like it's some of the excuses that he that Republicans and Democrats make for some of their candidates are just baffling to me. And mm. to me, I wish there were no parties on a ballot. I wish mm. you go into the ballot, you see names only, right. no political affiliation next to them. I think the way it, I think the terms conservative, liberal, Repu liberal, Republican, Democrat should be banned from the campaign trail for the love of God. Mm. That should not be what makes your decision. Yeah. And uh, well, hey, at, least, at least you're not up here with 187 different parties, Sean. Yeah, I want – well, I would, I would prefer that. I would prefer that than two big ones that seem to encompass every belief. I, it's so weird. Mm. But I wonder if he ran and he failed or if he succeeded, what that would mean for his movie career afterwards because 
in this political climate, when you divide your audience, you pretty severely divide your audience. There are going to be a lot of people in the future who never support anything Donald Trump did. Oh, well, look at Schwarzenegger. After, yeah. Like, he hasn't been able to really take off with the, with the, with the movie career after politics. Oh, I'm stoked for next year's Terminator movie, though. They're doing another one? Yeah, maybe next year or the year after. Another one. I, I, I rewatched them all recently, and they're getting around the how he's aged because, you know, the T-1000 and the Terminators can kind of take the form of another person. So they will base the character on the person they modeled the Terminator after. So he won't be the Terminator. He'll be the person they modeled the Terminator after, which I think is pretty fucking cool. Hmm, that's I dropped interesting. a lot of F-bombs. It's Christmas. That's interesting. So it's gonna be, he's going to be the human... The human proto, whatever they call it, the human the inspiration. Plan, Interesting. To perhaps James Cameron. Yeah. Because I know the last one they had, they did CGI for the other versions of the Terminator, right? Yes, they did. So okay, very interesting. Like the first, um, second, third one, fourth one was trash. Of course, the one with Christian Bale ends up being trash. How's that yeah, happen? Yeah, yeah. Well, when you know, man, we got through an hour and a half. Didn't even have time for a second uh, interview clip this week. I told you we might not have time because I had so much yeah. stuff to cover. I didn't get a chance to tell my Evander Holyfield story. I'm going to keep this trophy in here, Nigel. <laughs> and and next week, because something tells me that the Christmas week uh, podcast is going to be slow on news. So next week, I'm telling this story about Evander Holyfield. We've got some NWA news next week. I've got some interviews that we can kind of unleash in relation to the, the long form I'm doing. I'm working on it like diligently this week. Uh, that story I'm going to tell next week on Fightful Guys is going to be really, really cool. Because there are like we we've a lot of you have seen the Ten Pounds of Gold series, and I got to find out a lot of the stuff that went into Ten Pounds of Gold, a lot of the carny activity that happened in the NWA that you would just look at and say, really, that happened ten years ago, much less now, or twenty or thirty years ago. I got some great stories. I've talked to probably a half a dozen different people about it. Very excited to give you all that and. Uh, yeah, pretty soon I'll, my my room will just be a trophy case, Jimmy. Like, <laughs> like right, like right here. I keep this on my desk as a constant reminder of the remarkable, the remarkable comeback I made in the fantasy football finals in 2015, where Marshawn Lynch single-handedly handed me a trophy, a ring. Like, it, I overcome things, I adapt, and and then we celebrate. We celebrate. I'm sure that this weekend. Jimmy Claus is going to come down my closed chimney. He'll get stuck. <laughs> I'll let him at the front door. He's going to start throwing out Amazon gift cards. Oh, yeah. All kinds of stuff. Like those those pretzels with the chocolate on them. You'll bring those. Like all kinds of good stuff. Are you asking me for presents, Sean? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> That's pretty what you're much. doing. Yeah. All right. We'll see what happens, man. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Nigel and Lindsay are going to document our Christmas party this week. They'll send you some video and, and picture footage. So Send them my regards because I really do think very highly of all of your I was going to say, Nigel's right here. You can send yeah, your regards right now if well, you want. I did, <laughs> I did send my regards. I physically sent my regards. I did. But, uh, That'd be you like know, me saying, hey, Nigel, do me a favor. Can you send Sean my regards? Hey, Sean, James sent you regards. <laughs> <laughs> you work in your office. Just Nigel. I see that Nigel's the only one that matters to you. But. Everybody, hey, they're like my children, Sean. I love them all equally, all right? That's yeah, how it is. Sure. That's how it is. So that's, that's what we got, guys. You'll be able to check out the full Mason Ryan interview I did on Fightful.com this weekend. I want to push this as well. 
I have my Fightful Books It podcast where I talk about Royal Rumble changes. I'm going to release that to non-members. It's been up for members for about a month, and you all can check it out by registering at Fightful.com. Absolutely free. Also, next week sometime, myself, Alex Palowski, Jeff Hawkins, will be doing alternate commentary on Royal Rumble 2005. That's what you guys voted on. It's going to be a lot of fun. I talked to former WWE writers, wrestlers, people behind the scenes about that Royal Rumble. A lot of the little aspects that go into a Royal Rumble match that a lot of people don't really know about. I'm really excited about that. If it works out, we'll do more things like that in the future. But uh, stay on the lookout for that, too. Just because it's Christmas and New Year's week, it doesn't mean our content is slowing down. We're bringing you great original content. Like I said, Royal Rumble is like Christmas for Fightful. I love it. I'm actually very excited to be here working Royal Rumble at Fightful for the first time. Because last year, Jimmy, I was in San Antonio. That's right, yeah. Man, does that city suck ass. (laughs) I would buy SpaghettiOs from their corner stores. That city sucks. Way to way to just just cultivate that audience, ain't I, Joel? There's social media managers uh, there. He says it sucks. When when I was coming to San Antonio, he said, "Ah, not that good." <laughs> I was like, "All right, man." Okay. And uh, he was right. He was right. Well, happy River holidays Rock to everybody. Is- happy holidays. Hope everybody has a safe holiday. And uh, I'll be here next Wednesday, man. Nigel will be here next Wednesday, too. Yep. I'm, so. I'm excited. Thank you guys for making it in. Uh, I know that's right after a big holiday in Canada. Boxing Day? That's right. Yeah. Hot dog. Yeah. Well, guys, you can follow us at Fightful Online. Follow us on Instagram. I am very active on Instagram now, me and Kyler, keeping that updated. We're going to do some contests on Instagram, Jimmy. Oh, really? Okay. Yes, we are. Okay. Until next time, guys, we are out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.